It's because I am. It's Leslie. Maybe I'll pair cups and uh, welcome to Crystal Rift Podcast. Not that I can't be bothered. I really can. Um, Mark's here. Uh, and so the gang's all here. Going? Hey. And what are we talking about today? Oh, and just before we start, I have a request from one of our listeners, which I'll bring up later. Ooh. Oh, I feel so special now. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Someone's listening. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Hi. So yeah, you'll get name checked later. So today, well, this evening, as I should say, I am rambling because I'm tired. Uh, we are talking about food and possibly drink. I don't know what you guys brought to the table here, so to speak. Um, and not necessarily edible food or food per se. It could be just something that people eat. Like rocks. Yeah, literally <laughs> like rocks or metal or, um, yeah, well, fuck it, I'll just get right down to it then. Right, there's a, there's a condition that I've been looking at and it's called PICA. Has anyone heard of the condition PICA disorder? It rings a bell, but I can't think what it is. Well, yes. yes. What do you think? Uh-oh. No? I can see Pikachu right now. I have no idea. Pikachu! <laughs> Well, let me tell you, if these people, if Pikachu was real, they would try probably try and eat it. Or they might eat a Pokemon card because it's it's basically a psychological disorder characterized by an appetite for substances that are largely non-nutritive, that have no tr- nutritional value whatsoever. So it can be biological, such as hair, feces. I mean, who eats oh. their own shit? What I've often thought, do we accidentally eat our own shit at some point or do we breathe it in? Or, right, okay, let's not go there. Uh, <laughs> I'm fairly proud of my life of not accidentally eating my own shit. But... You know that? Oh, you could, they could be very, very, very tiny little molecules of shit that float about you know air that you're breathing in. No, but see if you don't put the lid down on the toilet before you flush, you hundred percent have no. I always like, put it flush the toilet before flushing. That's probably oh, on your towel. And you oh God, I'm rubbing myself. No, I don't keep. <laughs> see, my toilet and my bathroom are separate, so yeah. unless you're shitting in the shower, that ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> just, just put the lid down before you flush the toilet. Yeah, and the toilet seat as well, men. Unless you live yeah. on your own. But actually, if you do live on your own, put the fucking toilet seat down. Yeah. Start habit. Yeah. <laughs> Get used to it. If you I don't understand why I'm where I am a man, but that makes it confusing even more. Like, why do men leave the toilet seat up? It's not like it takes, like, hours to work out all the contraptions to pee. You literally just put it up. Like, I don't... You could get one of those toilet seats that you know, slowly close by itself. Or would that work if you're trying to pee, though? No, you'd still have to physically move it. It could be like a fun game. You could try and finish your pee before the toilet seat closed. Right. This is so... This, Sorry, we're I'm off on a complete tangent here. <laughs> it's a possible new Olympic sport. No, Mark, I'm genuinely interested, right? So, see, men, right? I know you don't speak for all men, but yeah. as a man... Why do men have to put up the toilet seat? There's literally a hole that's big enough to piss in. Like it's a, it's a, what? Because if they don't, then it splashes on the seat, and then you as a girl have to sit on it. If they not got a name, it shouldn't splash on the seat. Aim it in the hole. (laughs) Yeah. Don't even know. (laughs) No, I I mean you're right. I don't know. I, uh, I, I mean again. I don't know. I don't have an answer. It confuses me as well. 
it confuses me when and when guys are like, oh, women expect us to put seat down, but what if we need to seat up? I'm like, but why? Really? Do, why do you need to seat up? I, I don't follow. You're quite right, Leslie. You can, if you possess a penis, pee through a hole. So I, I don't. Possess a penis for the day. You're not 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 a strap on, but like actually like quantum leap into a man. And I would be waving my willy about everywhere, not in front of people, obviously. <laughs> 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 that your bastard. Imagine being possessed by me and end up getting arrested for indecent exposure because oh, I'm a perv. Just windmilling all over the place. Woohoo! <laughs> All your glory. Yeah, so back to Pika. So, <laughs> so the word Pika. Like, no, that's alright. I enjoyed that. Would eating penises count Pika because technically they do have nutritional value? But you're not. I mean, um, like, what physical? Cool. What like that German guy that ate that guy? Yeah, they just went around packing off cocks and eating them. Would that be Pika or not? No, not really, because technically a penis is like meat, isn't it? Probably tastes yeah. like chicken. I don't know. Yeah. What about what's it? Because, I mean, I like Watsits, but they don't really have any nutritional value. <laughs> I hate sweet corn. I hate sweet corn. sweet corn. It doesn't um, digest. That's what freaks me out about sweet corn. It just goes straight through you. Yeah. Anywho, well, it's basically, if you say you eat, eat scabs or eat your nails, just things that aren't considered yeah. nutritional that's biology, biological side of it. Or even blood. Natural or ice. Some people like to chew on ice. The thought of chewing on ice makes my mouth hurt. Oh, so I like chewing on ice. Yeah, well, maybe you've got a bit of pika in you then. I like chewing on ice, like, but like in my mouth, like I quite like, I find it quite common to put like a whole ice cube in my mouth and just suck it until it's gone. Right, well, I'd say that was normal. Like proper eat it? Yeah, I'm talking about people, yeah, I'm talking about freaks that chew the ice, like it's glass or something. Glass yeah, is also something to eat. Could you actually like crunch a bit of ice, Yaz? Have you got like no. teeth of steel? That would, no, it would actually hurt my teeth. Even thinking about it, it's hurting my teeth right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> I could. Are people like, that like, can bite directly into a lollipop with their front teeth. Yeah. <laughs> people are, like, when they're eating, they bite into their spoon and it makes that noise. That. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes accidentally make a squeaky sound with my fork on the plate, and it makes David cringe so bad. I cringe myself, but like not as bad as him. <laughs> but is this like people that are craving it? Like, because yeah. I think people like biting their nails and stuff. That's a bit like weird compulsive disorder. This is people that are actually craving something weird, yeah, like spoons or yeah. Oh, that's weird so it's most commonly found in pregnant women which makes sense but you know in an extreme way so yeah, not like oh, I like I like tuna with ice cream type of thing it's yeah. like I like eating my chair is that like not usually because they need something like they're craving like burnt like clay or something because it's got yes. minerals in it that's, actually, that's, that's what, what they would need. say to like when women are pregnant and they like to chew coal it's because you've got like a diet that's not got enough carbon in it is that yeah. right it could be many things like a lack of iron you could be a manic so there is that side of things like people yeah. who say that they desire to drink that they have got a craving to drink blood claim that they're anemic and they don't have enough iron and that's why they have to drink the blood not that they think they're vampires or anything it's just that they so have to do it yeah yeah in my head i just had an image of like somebody walking in and count dracula draining like some, some beautiful man in his bed and then going what are you doing and I'm going eh I'm actually anemic so <laughs> I mean <laughs> in today's woke culture that probably would happen I mean if Bram Stoker was to write Dracula today I reckon that instead of about homosexuality that it was about back then because he fancied this actor called John, Ar- John Irvine who was basically Dracula in his fantasy world and um, it would be yeah because he's anemic and he needs it <laughs> How dare you? I'm disabled. If Dracula only killed Nazis, then that would be fine. Why don't you write a comic book? Dracula, Nazi killer? I would read it. Dracula versus the Nazis. Yeah. I mean, it'd be better than the ending of that recent BBC drama of Dracula that we talked about way back when, when we first started this podcast. Clay's bang. Oof, sexy. But I was disappointed with the end of that. Did you not watch it? Yes. No, I didn't. Oh, I suggest you do, but 
maybe just be prepared for the shit ending. Yeah. <laughs> like, it started off so good and then it just went And more Dracula for the end episode. Did you run out of budget or something? Man, I mean, turn shit out. The guy was hot. He was um, And, uh, yeah, I mean, the competition with Christopher Lee, because uh, he's up there. And Gary Oldman is young Dracula. Mm. Yeah. Right, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, also small children and people who may have developmental disabilities such as autism and more. Uh, Children eating painted plaster containing lead may suffer brain damage from lead poisoning. And a similar risk exists from eating soil near roads that existed before the phase out of tetraphylate or that stuff that was spayed. Uh, roads that were sprayed with oil to settle dust. I've never heard of this. Oh, Contaminated yeah. by toxic PCBs or dioxin. In addition to poisoning, a much greater risk exists of ga- gastrointestinal obstruction. So if you're eating so much bulky shit that can't be digested, it'll just sit in your intestinal tract because you can't literally shit it out. It'll block stuff. So that's bad. But people still do it. Another risk of eating soil is the ingestion of animal feces or accompanying parasites. That's something that gives me the fear so it puts me off like eating stuff like raw fish because the amount of stories I've read of people who eat loads of sushi but bad sushi like contaminated sushi unaware that has like worms in it that they end up cut like and their insides are just full of parasites or tapeworms you get that from like bad meat as well yeah gives me the fear pork yeah (laughs) So yeah. if it's not cooked well. Signs and symptoms, right? So here's like some examples of what <clears throat> Pika people <laughs> Pika people, that's cute. Yes. Eat <laughs> so soap, drywall, paint. Subtypes are characterized by the substance eaten. So acuphagia is for sharp objects, amylophagia, purified starch, corn, right, they've all got their Latin names. So they're I'm not gonna read them all out, but there's burnt matches. Dust? Why the fuck would you want to eat dust? That's horrible. Why would you eat dust? Unless you're Marjorie Dawes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like eating some sharp, don't like cut through your insides. Yeah, Actually, like glass. Mm-hmm. But they'll still do it. Coprophagia, which is feces. Then there's vomit. Oh, I mean, I don't no. know whether it's your own vomit or someone else's. But that's, oh, that's good. That, do you know what? I can deal with blood and guts. Absolutely fine. I can't deal with vomit. I just can't. Like, what? what about raw potatoes? Is that bad oh. for you? I don't know. I was going to say, is that bad? I don't know. I've never wanted to eat one. I like starch earlier as well. I quite like the, I mean, I wouldn't like, you know, drink a glass of it or anything, but you know when you're cutting raw potatoes and you get the kind of starchiness that's like... for real? Ew. That's really gross. I don't You drink that? I don't drink it. Oh, don't back, don't walk it back now, Mark. You can't walk it back. You just admit it. I thought I was good for like drinking like see when you get like a jar of pickles or something and like the pickle juice at the end. I love that. Do you like but, pickle juice? Yes. Yeah, I love pickle juice. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> I take the attention <laughs> off you a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I apologise, Mark, because you know each to their own. If you love potato juice, then fair enough. <laughs> Not everyone does. Earth, soil, clean chalk, which I'll bring up later. Glass, stones, metal. No. Mucus, I mean, I suppose. Right. Ice, lead, hair, wool, and other fibers, urine, blood, or xylophagia, which I think I'm a little bit, I used to be anyway, wood or derivatives such as paper. I used to have a habit of tearing off the corner of a newspaper that my parents had bought and eating it. My cousin used to eat. I don't do it now, but I used yeah, to do it a lot back then. The time when we were younger, and I always found it odd. Although now we've, we've established that apparently my liking raw potato starch and cheese <laughs> is odd. We're about to, to cast aspersions against him, but yeah, he used to do that when we were younger. Yeah. I mean, you think about it in this day and age now, in 2020, the thought of like eating something that's been sat and like molested by lots of fingers in a supermarket mm-hmm. is madness, isn't it? Yeah. But back then, I just thought, I don't care. I just like the, the taste. Well, not really the taste. I just like the sensation it's of chewing not. through the paper and then swallowing it. That's I think I was under extreme stress as well, maybe, back then. And that could be a reason. Eating, did it have the ink on it as well? 
Yeah. Have writing. Oh, I think the ink is probably worse than the paper. Well, that's why I concentrated mostly on the corners because there wasn't a lot of ink, but there's still ink in it. Mm. It doesn't matter if it's grey. Right on your stress thing as well, because yeah, when I like to chew ice cubes, it's when I'm feeling stressed because it makes me feel calm. And also, there's something about when you're cutting up the potatoes, and because you can see like the starchy liquid comes off of it, and it's got little like bubbles in it, and I don't know why, but it makes me feel really like relaxed. Oh, well, that's something that people who suffer—I would say suffer—but that's people who say they've got this peak of thing or cravings that when they eat the unusual substance, it makes them feel calm and relaxed like you said like a relief it's yeah. strange i've got some examples right so the first one i've got is the man who ate an airplane piece by what? piece that's that's nothing <laughs> but you don't believe it no this, this guy is for real by the way he ate an entire plane that's not all he ate so he's called does anyone speak french no right so can you translate what this means his name is Monsieur Monstou. Monsieur Mon is Mr. Like, see the little P? No. I, it's the P's are the ones that are in the wee thing. Yeah, but that actually means Mr. Eat All. Oh, Monstou is like, eat everything. Yes. Oh, Monstou okay. and Mr. Eat Everything. I, I, I'm i like you. I thought of the Monstou, the, the people. So are yeah. why are they also, why does that also mean eat everything? I don't, I, well, I got it wrong. They're like pea pods, but you can eat the oh, eat the whole thing. Yeah, you can eat so the whole thing. Like ah, all right. You can only eat the peas. Um, but how do they not die? Well, I will tell you. So let me tell you a bit about him. So he was born in Grenoble, France, in 1950. Now, when I first read, when I first read a sort of wee headline about him, I thought, oh, maybe he's like some sort of guy from a freak show back in the 17th century or something. But then yeah, he didn't have airplanes back then, so that wouldn't make sense. Fair point. So yeah, he was born in 1950. From the age of nine, he developed an unusual tolerance and fondness for eating dangerous objects like glass and metal, which generally we know is indigestible. According to legend, his first bout of unusual eating came about when a glass the young Latito, sorry that his name's Michael Latito, <laughs> haven't actually told you his real name, was drinking from Shattered and he began to chewing the fragments of the glass. That sounds absolutely horrible. It sounds horrible, but also that's not really, not that's, I mean, I believe that's how it started, but I feel like normally in things when it's like the way it started, it, it makes more sense, like the way it started is... He started eating things you shouldn't eat. <laughs> yeah. Like, but you know, it started by accident. Yeah. He was soon examined and tested by doctors and, uh, I can't say this fucking word, gastroenterologists, I have to say it slowly, because my brain can't handle big long <laughs> words. <laughs> so, <God. laughs> like here, yeah. like, like some girl, I can't say these things. Oh, I'm so, so, oh yeah, I can't handle the big words. Oh my God, I can handle a big dick, but I can't handle big words. Right, his ability was unique. They determined, attributing it to a condition known as pica. Um, this gave Michael a taste for unusual non-nutritive items, but not only that, that they found that his digestive or his stomach had a really thick lining. And his intestines did as well, so that's why he was able to swallow such like crazy shit like metal because he could handle it. Then it was nothing to him basically. It's like a superpower that he basically had. He was able to digest all as well. Like, yeah, like he's a sort of mutant X Man. <laughs> Maybe he was like one of the original X Men. Yeah, and he's called Munch too. <laughs> <laughs> Mister Eat All. Does that include literally everything? Yeah. Yeah, he's got an incredibly resilient digestive system, so he could safely consume just about anything. So that's why he ended up a career as Mr. Eatall. He did it for entertainment purposes as well, so why not? You may as well exploit it, because <laughs> it's unusual. Did he, did he like, cut stuff up tiny so he could just swallow yes. it? Or would he just yes, Yasmin, he didn't literally swallow a plane. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I don't mean? I mean, did he like cut it into bits that he had to chew and like no. like crunch in his mouth or just swallow it i don't know whether he crunched it but he must have cut them small enough that he could swallow them but oh, maybe he gave it a little lick and a chew i don't know <laughs> <laughs> they don't go into that much detail to be honest but do you want to see the range of items that he ate yes yeah 
Well, first of all, he did re- his technique revolved around reducing metal objects into smaller pieces. I feel like you're psychic, Jasmine, that you you're actually like know what to say or say them. It's because I, I visualise everything, so I'm like trying to visualise him doing that, and I'm like, wait, how does he do that? <laughs> so, yeah. so he makes so that makes it easier for his body to handle by keeping his throat lubricated with mineral oil. In this way, he would regularly eat two pounds of metal every day. I mean, that would make you so heavy. I don't even imagine how that would be shitting that out. That's, ugh. Yeah. In your toilet? Well, I've got the plumbing as well. So over the course of Monsieur Montu's career, his diet included 18 bicycles, seven TV sets, two beds, <laughs> 15 supermarket trolleys, a computer, and a coffin, including the handles, a pair of skis, and six chandeliers. That's true. <laughs> like really toxic pee as well. And then at the pinnacle of his career was when he, an airplane, or an aeroplane, as, as normal Scottish people would say. So in 1978, he ate an entire Cessna 150 airplane. So he began... <laughs> yeah. He began eating it in 1978. Because it was a laborious piece-by-piece process, it took two years for him to complete. And he just bought this plane to eat as well? well it doesn't say if he bought it. Or Maybe just, he sponsored sorry. or something, or Cessna says, here, eat our plane or something. Like it's advertising. Possibly. Do you think, guys, is this guy still alive today or not? Because I think if he was born in 1950, he said. Mm-hmm. Could technically still be alive in the I, mean, I would assume no, just because I felt like there's an implication that he's perfectly, weirdly perfectly healthy, but I feel like he can't be. And one of those stories where they're like, yeah, he was really healthy and it didn't affect him at all and he died when he was 22. <laughs> I feel like all that metal would even like seep into his bloodstream. And yeah, he must be dead. Okay, so he is dead, but he passed away of natural causes. In 2007, at the age of 57. That's mental. Yeah, that's male. I I mean, (laughs) 57 still quite young to die in this day and age. Like, I feel like doing that. Yeah, makes me a bit skeptical because they say natural causes, but like you, Mark, I thought 57. Yeah, yeah, that's quite young. Mm. There must be a correlation between them. Maybe. Fucking. Five chandeliers, a plane, and a pile of bicycles. <laughs> yeah, but the weird thing is, right, he was immune to all this sort of toxic stuff and, like, metals and stuff like that because he had a really thick stomach lining. But he struggled to eat soft foods like bananas. So maybe that's what killed him. Eating mashed potato in the lake. Maybe, like, the potato starch that we <laughs> all eat. And that was the end of him. <laughs> potato starch would have saved him. <laughs> Because it was a side effect of his unusually potent stomach acids that it 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 didn't. It's like his stomach's like you're a pussy. Why are you eating a banana? <laughs> <laughs> Give us something it's challenging to make right down. Yeah, exactly. I don't think there's ever. I don't know if there's ever been a guy like him that can eat so much non-food material as him. I've not come across any others, but there's little ones like uh, a woman that craves baby powder. She eats baby powder since the age of 30. A handful of baby powder is an after-breakfast snack. Wow. Um, She keeps a bottle on her nightstand and lays in bed when she eats it. Gives her comfort and satisfaction. A common feeling among people with PICA disorders. That's quite toxic as well. Yeah, I'm sure I read somewhere that Johnson's baby powder apparently can give you cancer. But maybe the older version of it. Yeah. Carcinogenic stuff in it. Yeah. Something in it, and I can't remember what it was, but there was something uh, like years ago that talc was. Yeah, like, I think it's into your skin and into your bloodstream. A lot of people sued Johnson and Johnson for it, mm-hmm. or tried to, but you can't take on big corporations; you'll lose. And then similarly, uh, there was a 19-year-old who was addicted to laundry detergent and soap. <sighs> she said okay. she was a college student. And she goes to the laundry room every morning when she wakes up to stick her fingers in the laundry detergent box, detergent box and lick off the powder. Yeah. It tastes salty, sweet and bitter all at the same time. God, it feels so God. right, she says. <laughs> oh my God. Did she also like follow that up with a shot of um, fabric, fabric softener? 
on this stage. But Jason, that would kill you though. That would kill you. I mean, remember there was a um, a thing, a campaign going about like or memes saying kids or like adults were doing it. Don't oh. eat those uh, liquid tabs. Yeah. yeah. I think that was because kids were thinking they were sweeties because they're all like colourful and they would eat them and then. Yeah, but it was them. actually like people that were doing it. I don't know if they were doing it as a no. joke or pretending. On their YouTube video, their YouTube channels and stuff, like the challenge, or was it the cow? What was it? Oh, no, you were right. There was a stupid challenge like that, but it was obviously poisoning people, and that's yeah. like, oh, we're so fucking stupid. So there's another woman who eats pottery, but then that wasn't good enough for her because she liked the grit. She then moved on to cigarette ashes. Yeah. So, yeah, she liked the gritty feel of the pottery and the way it dissolves on her tongue, but. She felt that after a while that wasn't good enough, so she moved on to cigarette ashes that her sister smokes because she doesn't smoke herself, which I find bizarre. Yeah. So she'd wait around, sniff around her sister <laughs> to finish her fag and then grab her ashtray to eat up her favourite snack. Oh, just, oh my god. You know what? I really try to not judge people, but like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> There's also another woman who eats toilet paper for its texture. Now, this has got a bit of a tragic background to it because she's called Lenika. She appeared on the Tyra Banks show and she started eating toilet paper around age 12 when her mum wouldn't let her and her brothers get a drink of water. So it was like as a result of child abuse or child neglect. So they would go into the bathroom and put water on toilet paper and then suck out the water. Why not just... Drink, drink the, the water from the tap. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she became addicted to toilet paper itself and now eats half a roll a day. Oh, <laughs> I want wow. half a roll a day. I need to stop. Is there a, like, I know that you can get narcotics anonymous, but you think you can get, like, pika anonymous? Like, people who can't stop I started on half a roll a day and then it went up to five rolls a day. It's ruined my life. <laughs> I need to get on a program to get me down to like Rizzler papers or something. Oh, God. Oh, that's mental. It is, must be some sort of like mental disease though. Like well, it, is a, it is a certified yeah. psychological mental disorder. Pregnant school teacher Kirsten eats chalk dust. That's quite a common thing. I've heard that a yeah, lot. Yeah, I think that one's common. A lot of people like, tend to eat like chalk directly from, you know, the old fashioned but, um, school chalk you would get. Yeah. I'm sure in Holden Barrett they've got some sort of chalk thing that you can have as well, like pills. Yeah, that's, what, that's what they're craving. So they took that from African women who would eat kaolin, which is clay, a type of claystone, to sort of soak up toxins and helps with their digestion as well. And a lot of a lot of slaves who you know in the South in America were found to have done this as a way of sort of like a vitamin because they're not a lot of them weren't yeah 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 so they would they would um, eat a lot of that sort of thing at the point where it was taken by scientists and used as a sort of digest digestive aid mm-hmm. eating it directly isn't great for you but they put it in pepto bismol. Bis- oh, 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 stuff that's like that. Man. So that that has a kaolin in it, kaolin clay. Mm. I've only taken that once, and it was it was interesting. And I've what do you mean to tell? <laughs> Elaborate. I mean, it definitely helped. I didn't feel like puking anymore, but it, it turns mm. your poo black, like uh, black, black. Yeah, I was just like, what the fuck? Then yeah. I read back the bottle that it does actually do that. <laughs> oh god. It does help though. It's quite it's quite good. But yeah. <laughs> anyway and then there's sort of people who people who eat maybe not out it might be out of pika but you know like kids that will eat there was a, a child that ate like a whole load of magnets like magnet balls because she thought they looked like sweets yeah, so they all ended up in her stomach and she yeah. had to get them sur- sur- surgically removed and one of them was like a spongebob oh this is horrible right i read about this so there was a wee girl, and you know how you get those toys that you usually get in novelty shops? Or I see them a lot in places like Urban Outfitters and things like that, where it's like, grow my boyfriends or grow your own boyfriends and things. Yeah. And it's like, a, it starts off really small, but when you put it in water, it expands. Yeah. Well, there was a wee girl who got one of these toys and <laughs> swallowed it. And 
Oh. Can you imagine what would happen? It starts off small, oh and then God. because it hits her liquid in her stomach, it expanded and expanded to the point, oh yeah, bad times, like a really horrible actual real-life Willy Wonka situation. <laughs> did, did she die? I don't know. No, <laughs> they got it out of her, but it started off a campaign to basically, I mean, common sense, don't, don't let your kids... Yeah. End up eating yeah, those stupid points. Kids do just pick stuff up off floor and put it in their mouth because yeah. they yeah. don't understand because they're, they're kids. Just, that's how they try things. They just want to put everything in their mouth. Like little like pets do it is what your dogs do it yeah, yeah. when they're at a certain age, when they're puppies, they want to chew on things because their teeth are coming through and stuff and yeah. everything's food everything's mm. food stuff. Like my niece is one and she yeah. just if you give something to her, she'll Play, a, play with it for a while and then she'll just shove it in her mouth. Yeah. Like, that's how they like, investigate it. Stick mm-hmm. it in your mouth. Oh god, that's really horrible. But again, I'm proper like visualising how awful that is. Yeah, I'm oh, sorry, I was going to say I'm probably visualising how hilarious it is because I just imagined her going in to tell her parents and they're like, what's wrong? Little Shalula. And she opens her mouth and just like the boyfriend's arm unfolds out of her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. so i'll just i mean i've taken up quite a lot of time on this so apologies but um i'll i'll finish this with the story in the mirror of all places um of a woman who said that her pregnancy cravings ended up with her eating an entire chair god so she is called vicky cullen and when she wants a snack she will nibble on soft furnishings she likes the foam filling from the cushions of her own armchair. She dips pieces of it in tea or she covers them in chocolate spread or jam before popping oh. them in her mouth. Uh, so, like, you know how your sponge is? She also has, like, what, when she's ran out of foam in her chair, she basically ha- makes sure she has loads of, you know, those sponges that you use for washing up. Yes. Loads of them about. Cuts them up. Put some jam on. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. Uh, in particular, she... Oh, no, I've read that right. So she said she only just started revealing the extent of her cravings to friends and family because she's made a commitment to help people more aware of the problem. And she's a beautician. Not that that matters. Um, she's eaten most of her big armchair. She says, in the mornings, I like to tear off a piece of the foam filling and dip it in orange juice. Right, yeah. that's probably not what she sounds like, but whatever. That's <laughs> what her voice is. Vicky's cravings began in May 2011 when she was pregnant. She has since been diagnosed with PICA, a medical disorder characterized by appetite for substance. Blah, like, yeah, you get the idea. Spoons, pens, chalk. See all these people. Did you do anything about there actually yeah. being like, um, like a cure for it or like some sort of treatment? For it? Psychologically, it's just like diversion therapy to try and divert them from wanting the or to try and find the root of the problem like it could just be that they're craving a certain chemical or certain mineral or mineral that's missing or they could just genuinely be mentally ill so then you'd have to go down the route of psychological sort of i don't there's not really any sort of like medicine per se yeah because there was a case of a man in india who was found to have like he had really bad stomach cramps and when they operated on him he'd eaten an entire cutlery set and like metal bands like saw bands and stuff like that Mm. nails that's just nasty and then victorian things there was loads of cases of people who'd done similar things and they took out loads of metal parts from their stomachs and then displayed them like they did with you know all kinds of weird things in Victorian times they put dead people on display they put like loads of taxidermy on display they fucking liked to display things the Victorians did so they did I mean I'm with them on that I like displaying things as well so it's fine (laughs) (laughs) I think because as humans we just like morbid horrible things yeah they're great aren't they so I'll just finish on um, what Vicky said in this article, and I'll do the voice. <laughs> no offense. I am a freaky eater, and there are thousands of other people like me. I can't stop craving and eating foam and sponge, but I'm trying to cut down. When I get the urge, I might do some cleaning or go out for a walk to distract myself. 
Oh, wow. Do you know what I can actually imagine her talking like that as well? It's <laughs> a lead back. <laughs> yeah, but, but she's, you make her sound common and scummy. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> she does look a bit common. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> oh, are we going to hell? <laughs> hell and hard part. <laughs> right, I'm leaving the um the floor open to yourselves now. I really thought you were going to be like, I'm leaving the, the, the chat. Bye. I'm getting cancelled. Jasmine's cancelling me. <laughs> I looked at well, right. I'll, I'll take you through my my thoughts here. So. I wanted to look for food that was like unusual and then I found this story which I'll tell you in a minute about food that I then decided clearly wasn't real so it was like mythical food but mm. I thought well actually maybe it is real and we just don't know it's real yet so then I started looking at food that may or may not be real so so yeah that that is what I'll be discussing food that probably <laughs> isn't real but might be real all right the thing that I was looking at was this thing from like Jewish history called Sedat Chiat Hamatin, Hamatam. Sorry, I'm probably saying that wrong, but hey So Sedat means feast, like Seder, but not exactly the same. And Chiat Hamatim means bodily <laughs> resurrection. So it was basically the idea that like you could have a a specific feast, and it was like a special type of cedar, which would. And I couldn't work out and looking at it whether it either, if you ate this, it would result in you being resurrected after you die, or if you would eat it if someone you loved was dead and then they would be resurrected. I couldn't really work that out. Like um, a zombie? A zombie just? Yeah. So I was like, oh, well, what's this recipe for making yourself a... A zombie. Effectively a zombie. But is it going to be like, you know, the film Death Becomes Her, where they drink the elixir... But it doesn't pre- it doesn't preserve their body, so if they die, they continue to rot, but they're still alive, basically. Yeah, is it going to be like that? It doesn't seem like it makes you immortal. It's just that it stops you from being dead. So well, I don't that's... think you would rot, but I think like you would be susceptible to like old age. You just would get to be alive again. Um, but if you were but then shot in the head, would you come back? with the hole in your head yeah that's what i'm trying to say like yeah, you, you should be raised not like you know the vampire chronicles where when you get resurrected well you technically you're you're absolutely automatically hot like yeah i said what if you'd been yeah shot in the head or you've got a really ugly face or something and or you've got like a massive war one arm because you died because you lost your arms why would you want to be resurrected mm. no if it's saying that you're Bodies fully resurrected, then I guess if you've been shot in the head, that would heal, but then okay. you would continue to age. So you could still like die of. So if you died of old age. Down the line. But, yeah, but if you died, if I died of old age, please don't resurrect me. Well, okay. I'll tell you the ingredients I need to resurrect you because it does seem unlikely. So, firstly, you need to have your drink. You can drink whatever you want, but it needs to be from the cup of blessings, which <laughs> was the cup that Abraham owned and drank all of his drinks out of so one you need to find that but i'm still like that's feasibly doable right obviously abraham was <laughs> in the museum somewhere yeah <laughs> and he had a cup so fine right we can get hold of that in your whip mark and go and find it <laughs> <laughs> but then it said you need to eat three different meats so you need to eat the meat of the ziz which <laughs> what? What? large enough to block out the sun sorry what's the ziz uh, a, a bird. So a Zez is a bird that's large enough to block out the sun. <laughs> but then, I'm like, well, when this was originally written, right, not that pterodactyls were alive, they were already dead by then, but I'm sure if they saw one, they would class that as a bird large enough to block out the sun. So if we can clone a pterodactyl, right, mm-hmm. we can get two of the ingredients. And then the third one was that you need a slice of meat from the behemoth which is, you know, just the big cow thing from the Bible. So I'm like, right, just the big cow. So, fine. Fair enough. You can do that. And then the last ingredient is that you need to eat a slice of the Leviathan, which is like the serpent from the Bible. But again, I feel like... That's a whale? You know, that's a sea serpent, isn't it? Serpent thing. Oh, oh you know the how... Neck. 
Loch Ness Monster, you can't do that. <laughs> oh yeah, because Loch Ness Monster might be a gigantic eel. Well, then we could get that. So yeah, oh. apparently if we eat those four things, or oh, sorry, three things while drinking out of the cup that Abraham used, either when we die we'll come back to life or we'll be able to bring someone that we love back from the dead. I'm really lazy. That sounds like too much hard work. Yeah, yeah, I mean, boning seems difficult. I feel like getting a bird, a bird large enough to block out the sun is going to be the problem. So then, yeah. looked at that. Depends on perspective. Well, what other, like, sort of food from mythology might be real. So uh-huh. then I looked at manna because I thought, I don't really know what manna is. It's in the Bible, isn't it? Yeah, I know the Bible and I know that people talk about it. So I looked at what it was first. So it's a magical substance given by God to sustain his followers. So people who are following God. If you're like starving, basically, it'll give you mana. And then in the Bible, it basically says that a mana, that mana would appear out of nowhere at night. It's a fine, flaky, white substance that tastes like sweet things. Mm-hmm. Um, it grows in heaven, but God sends it down for people to eat. Mm. Well, if you don't like it, will you get mad? Yeah. But you're starving at this point. Probably pissed off that you to save your life. And you're I'm like, no, like, send it away. You'd be starving. Send and it back. Being. It's not Sorry. good enough. Yeah. It's not that one cunt, isn't there, that just doesn't like it or is a food critic. Even like, go with someone. <laughs> you're trying to save our lives, but I'd really rather have like a lobster soup. Yeah. But then we tend to, I feel like, Yaz, you may or may not be able to advise me on both of these things because your, your knowledge of these things may be better than mine. So the two things that I found about why it might actually be a real thing is thing number one, that... Egyptian word, which confused me, but the Egyptian word for edible offerings, I think, if this translation is correct, is menu. Okay, that sounds sounds familiar. Is this meant to be like now Egypt or ancient Egyptian? I'm guessing ancient Egyptian because that's what confused me because when I was looking up it said the Egyptian word, but I was like, well, surely when. sounds very ancient Egyptian as well. Yeah. Well, that would make sense because if in ancient Egypt you would say menu and you meant that you were given food to God, then maybe mana was God given food to you. Yeah, because they did used to offer like food and things to their like whatever statue of the God you were worshiping, and then they had like a ceremony called in the mummification called the opening of the mouth, or was it to do with the gods as well? Like opening the mouth was to like attract their attention and get them into the statue so you would offer them like food and things that they like I like voodoo so then if that's right then you could technically eat mana by just going to a temple and eating some old food in there and then the other thing that i found is that there's reference to it in the quran and obviously even though jews say the torah is an exact translation and christians say the new testament is an exact translation but they're not like there's lots of evidence to say they're not And although the Quran may have been changed like slightly, it's pretty much the most unaltered historic text that exists. So if you look at that, then it would make sense that whatever's in the Quran would be a better explanation than what's in the Old Testament. And so they have the word mana in the Quran, although it's an ever so slightly different spelling, but it seems to be the same thing. But it's when it's talking about mana in the Quran, it says that basically that mana can be applied to more than one thing. And that it's food that comes from God. And it's specifically food that God sent to earth through Moses, which it doesn't then expand on. So I'm not entirely sure what that would mean. Mm. But then the example it gives is like truffles. So mm. I think it's basically just from the Quranic translation, it seems to be like food that's just really nice. Like it's food that grows. You don't do anything to produce it. So you can go and pick it and eat it. So like God's provided it for us and it's delicious. And then like truffles would be an example of that. And truffles are in the ground and you get little dogs or pigs to find it. No, let me, let me look this up and I'll let you know. Because the Grand Office okay. has had a lot of stuff referring back to the Jews because it's got lots of like biblical stories in it. Yeah. Um, There's loads of crossovers, isn't there, between yeah. three of them? Well, because like, the Quran's meant to like mm. complete the other two. So it's yeah. still... Oh. So we still see the other two, but the Quran is like the last chapter of all three. But then, like in the trilogy, like, yeah, basically. But <laughs> for me, that's the one that's never changed. With the other two, have been changed right. a lot. 
Yeah. I've not thought of it that way before. That's really interesting. Yeah. Like, I think it's funny that, like, the Bible, there's the idea, like, people argue that it's not being changed, but then you can get, like, two literally different versions of the Bible. Yeah, well, it's the King shop. James Bible, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. We can't get different versions of the Quran. Like, oh, it, interesting. You yeah. No. So, sure. But yeah, maybe so we kind of believe in all three of them, but this is, like, the final chapter that is the most correct. So it might fix some of the details in the other ones, or it might just adds to them as well which i'm um, sure it has like more important things to say than just what i've been looking at but i like that if we're taking that as the final version then yeah. they're basically saying that's no, really nice food that grows naturally like truffles so that means that we could eat the mythical food of mana we just have to have truffles on stuff i've never had a truffle Nick. oh um, i've like truffle pasta before it's really nice mm, um, I don't like mushrooms i just associate it mushrooms right, as a type of mushroom to be fair yeah i hate mushrooms i love mushrooms though Eating fungus. Truffles are a fungus, and it says like that they're. And then the description in the Bible is that it's fine and flaky, and it grows out of nowhere at night. It sounds like truffles. Late yeah. night, and it's fine and flaky. So it's like ambrosia, which is the, the Greek gods. Next. Oh, okay. Well, uh, technically, I started looking at Amrita just because I think that's a really pretty word. But so Amrita is like the Hindu drink of the devas or divas or devis, basically like the fine beans. Is that um, where the word devotee comes from? Yes. And it's also where the word diva comes from. Like it's diva. So educational. And basically the in Hindu scripture, it says that it gives the gods their immortality, their knowledge and their power. And then I thought, as you said there, Leslie, well, that's really like ambrosia because that's obviously the, the Greek drink of the gods. And it's supposed to give them their power and their immortality. And there's the whole story about Achilles that the god Thetis covers him in ambrosia. That's mum. Yeah, his mum dipped him in. Um, she was like a goddess of the sea or something. Maybe there's <laughs> different versions. I don't know. But she dipped him in a bat, a, like a barrel full of ambrosia or something or a bath. But because she was holding him by the heel, that was a bit that didn't get covered. Yeah, so she like bakes him over the fire so he gets all the abilities of a god, but that's the one bit of him that's not godly. I mean, that's a bit well, stupid. You would think that through. wouldn't make sure that was covered, wouldn't you? I think like what that might be and whether or not we could actually eat it. And most historians think that Amrita and Ambrosia are just honey because they would have the same derivative word. So that would link together the two of them being the same and the two of them being honey. And then they said, well, honey was used for healing. So it wasn't technically making you immortal, but it was prolonging your life. And when you ate honey, it gave you energy. So they would be like, oh, it gives you like godlike power because you're suddenly so much more energetic. And you would have to retrieve it from like a bee's hive. And they wouldn't have been on like ground level hives. So you had to like go up towards the heavens. So again, I feel like we can prepare a godly meal because so far we've got well, so to get Abraham's cup and yeah. some beef for a cow, and then we're going to cook it in honey. That's uh, so oh, And then put some truffle oil on it, and we're, we're all over being gods. So honey is also in the Quran as being something that is natural, provided from God, that provides healing. Wow. Well. There you go. Then that, like, yeah, you have connected. a cold or flu, you should, or a sore throat, you should eat honey, and it's apparently got. Yeah, I mean, the ancient Egyptians used honey yeah. for a lot of stuff, yeah. and they, I'm, I'm sure when I was in Egypt, someone said to me that that they'd found vats of honey with mm. like mummified corpses in it, um, mm. that you could still eat. It's perfectly good. Wow, like thousands and thousands of years old. It does make sense. Like, when I read that, I thought, well, yeah, that does make sense because, like you say, honey can last forever. And the idea in both religions is that, like, the ancient Greek gods and the Hindu gods aren't immortal, but they're made immortal because they consume this substance all the time. And I'm like, well, yeah, like, honey can heal you and honey does make you healthier, so... Has anyone ever seen the film The The Kingdom or something with Jackie Chan? The Forbidden (laughs) Kingdom with Jackie Chan? It's about, like, the monkey, the legend of monkey and stuff. If you ever used to watch Monkey from the 70s, one of the most brilliant programmes ever um, and funny. It, well, Jackie Chan in this um, film, he plays like a, an immortal, one of the immortals from the heavens, and he, in order to like survive on Earth, he has to drink from the the holy wine or whatever, or the elixir, 
and that's what keeps him immortal, and that's why he's always pished. <laughs> so it's a similar thing. Honey wine again. Yeah, it could be honey wine, yeah, or rice wine, or whatever yeah, makes like it honey. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Oh, I like that. So, yeah, so what have you got? So, I don't know if we should leave this to last because I'm going to be eating my dinner after this and you're really scaring me with what, yeah, <laughs> what you're going to say. Thing, like, I feel like that was really lovely and cheerful and this is just horrible. So Yay. I started reading things that... And do you know what, Mark? I know you're vegetarian, but this would make people turn vegetarian because it's just horrible. Um, and I'm far from being vegetarian, but I generally don't think it's okay to be horrible to animals that you're going to eat. So I'd started looking up stuff, just like weird things to eat, and a lot of it came up as things like, you know, in some countries they like fry, deep fry insects and things like that. Yeah. So like everything was coming up with stuff that, yeah, okay, it's weird for us, but it's like, okay, fair enough. Oh, that People bad. Like, yeah, exactly. And like stuff like haggis kept coming up and mm. things that you could just see, that, okay, it's just different cultures and different things. But then a lot of stuff is coming up, and a lot of it's from Asia, unfortunately, um, where I just think it's cruel and disgusting. So the first one that really got to me was in Japan, they have a dish called ikizukuri, um, and you get this on like a sushi menu. But the thing is, basically, you, you go in and there'll be like a fish tank, and you pick your fish. And the thing is, oh, it's just so horrible. They basically take the fish, pull it out of the water, and cut it up and gut it, and you eat it like alive basically uh, and yes. that's ikizukuri means prepared alive so the the whole trick of it is to basically be able to gut it and open it up and serve it and it's still moving and it's still alive I mean, that's as fresh as you can get really isn't it oh, but it's <laughs> just horrendous i'm it's... sure i've seen a restaurant in a video about japan where you can actually like row a boat they've got like water where the fish are and you can fish, you can no, you can fish for it yourself. And then when you've caught it, they like what you said, they just immediately open it up. <laughs> have nothing against even especially when we go to Thailand or Asia. It's like I love going somewhere where you pick your fish and it's really fresh and they grill it and like it's so fresh, it's amazing. But you're not eating it while it's still alive. So this is like yeah. they serve it to you where where it's like they've opened up the skin so its heart is still throbbing oh no they're still like moving around you can see it like gasping for air oh god and then you have to eat it while it's doing that and i'm like like why just like no and and this is what i mean about i'm not vegetarian and i have no issue with eating animals but i have a massive issue with like torturing them unnecessary or or at least try and use up as much as you can of the animal like it's just this just so so wrong yeah. and then on the same menu so you can either have it like that or it's just cut up um but it's still obviously alive or they can you put soya it. sauce on it it starts moving again oh it's just nasty but i think it is moving the whole time it's on your plate you're, it's, it's moving and i just I, I don't understand why someone would want to do that it's just horrible and so you could either have it like that just cut up or they take it and deep fry half of it. So again, you, when it, it's on your plate, it's still alive and it's still moving. Oh. But the section that you're eating has been cooked in obviously hot oil. And I just, I, honestly, reading this just yeah, really got me so much. There's like no need for that at all. Like, it's just horrific. Um, but yeah, there's basically a lot of dishes in Asia that are they're just cruel. It's just utterly nasty. The one that got to after, this one's actually more disturbing, to be honest. So this is actually French, which obviously they have foie gras, which is very, very cruel as well. Like I would never, ever eat foie gras. So much worse. So this is a bird that's called an ortolan. And it's a bit, it's, it's quite toy, it's small. It's like six inches long. It's really tiny. And it, apparently it's really, really pretty. It's like green and yellow and it's got little bits of red bits in it. Mm. Um, it sounds like this really cute little bird. Um, basically... Oh, sorry, wait, let's get back to this. They basically catch this bird and... Oh, this is really nasty, sorry. Basically, they put the whole... They, they like, kind of trap the bird and they stuff it with food and brandy till it's, like, really, really, like, stuffed full, like, kind of, like, the same as the foie gras where you're absolutely stuffing the bird like crazy. Yeah, so the whole time you're doing this, it's the same as the foie gras, but in this tiny, tiny little cage, so it can't move, it can't see anything, like, you cover its eyes... Um, and you just keep feeding it like grapes and figs until it gets like four times its size. 
Um, and then you, once it's absolutely full, then you shove loads of like rum or brandy or something down its throat as well. And then once it's like proper, proper fat, then you, you roast it. And then once you've roasted it, because it's a teeny tiny bird, you eat it as you basically shove, you cover its face and its beak with a napkin, and then you shove the entire thing in your mouth. So when you like bite into it, all that like brandy and stuff explodes into your mouth. Oh, I'm just like, this And it's all the bones so... and everything, like it's whole. Yeah, you eat the whole thing, because it's a teeny tiny little bird. Whatever. So just the entire thing. Oh, no, maybe. I just remember I, there was a program um, that uh, I can't remember what it was called but it was on recently and the, it was set in Morocco because it was occupied by the French then yeah. and this guy is a total like bastard he had this American girl who was married to some English aristocrat and she moved to Morocco and he had her over for dinner and he gave her this bird and he said that the reason why you cover it up is because it's to hide what you're doing from God because it's so heinous. That's this is saying that the, the act of covering its face with a napkin was because of this priest Jean Jean Atim Bilat Savarin wanted to hide his gluttony from God. Yes. Eating this whole bird like that. And yeah, when you bite into it and it's lungs lungs its stomach, all this like sweetness oh. comes out. And I'm like, it's just it's the whole it's again the whole I don't have a problem eating birds but from the fact that it's whole life has suffered and kept yeah. it in a box stuffed it it's, it's just so wrong and so disgusting and yeah there's so sort wrong. of a myth about how that the more pain and suffering you do to an animal the more delicious it tastes oh, after it's been slaughtered which is wrong and actually, like blind taste tests show that the better an animal's been treated and the less the yeah, like cruelty involved in its death, the better it tastes because the meat's like not built up like lactic acid and not built up yeah. Like, yeah. Like, and stuff like that. Like the wagyu beef, they really Jap- yeah. I mean on the other side yeah. the Japanese treat the, the cows like royalty and they massage them and feed them beer and stuff and then they let die. them run around. Yeah. And let them be happy. Yeah. Oh, it's just- horrible i just i, I just don't get it so. i've seen a really disturbing program when you know like speaking of the french and their weird eating habits is that um frogs right you know they eat frogs legs well i don't think this was in france so it was in some other country and they caught the frogs and i honestly it disturbs me it stops me from sleeping at night if this image pops in my head i can't get rid of it is they, they find the frogs and they snap their legs, actually break their legs and then tie oh, them up. Yeah. But you could hear the legs snap. It actually made me feel so sick watching it. And you know how I feel about bones breaking and I felt so bad for those fucking frogs. Oh my God, they were still alive hanging from this sort of pole on a rope, but they break their legs so that they can't hop away, obviously. <sighs> Disgusting. Nasty. So nasty. Well, actually, this, this other one is kind of similar to that in Tibet and China. Um, so, like, I kind of want to stop, but I want to keep going because it's not nice. What's the safe word? I don't know. I'm going to have my dinner after this. I'm going to have pasta. Oh, God. This is, um, okay, this is not chicken because this is a chicken one. Actually, both of these are chicken ones. One is basically, it's called wind-dried chicken. And basically, they get the chicken while it's still alive. And culpin, oh, they culpin its tummy, and they they like empty its guts out, and then stuff it with whatever chicken stuffing that you want to stuff it in, different like herbs and all sorts of stuff. Then they sew it back up, and then they hang it outside to dry, like the way you would like dry meats and stuff like that, until it obviously dies, and then you cook it. And I'm just like, why? Yeah, why? Why? Why can't you just take it, kill it humanely, cook it, and then stuff it? Why do you need to stuff it while it's alive? Imagine we did that at Christmas. Hang on, gang. I'm going to get the turkey. Hang it upside down and do the rituals. Like, yeah. Oh. I just, I I just can't get my head round the cruelty of it. It's it's so nasty. Um, and then. Oh God, and I actually can't find this one, but I have actually seen this in Asia where people eat um, like eggs that have actually been fertilized. So it does actually oh, have like, a little geez. baby chicken or a baby duck or baby whatever. And so that, that's not like eggs that have never been fertilized. This isn't actually fertilized. It's got 
baby animal in it and they you eat it alive as well and I'm just like again why why would you do that that's something like I like eggs but something about eggs that weird me out a little bit I know that they're like chickens periods but the thing is there was a woman there was a woman who bought some eggs from Waitrose right and she decided for a laugh I know what I'll do I'll take one of these eggs and see if I can incubate it for you know she didn't expect anything to happen but it did a chick actually developed in the egg and came out because it would have had to be fertilized first no some of them some of them uh, Waitrose made a statement saying that okay yeah sometimes it very rarely happens but sometimes so you can get a fertilized egg the chicken's been like getting up to stuff in the farm yeah yeah but the thing is like if you didn't keep that egg up and keep it warm it wouldn't develop so it would still be all right but you can get some fertilized eggs in an egg box you just don't know they're fertilized and you wouldn't know that yeah, the, the only reason that that develops. Yeah, the only, <laughs> the only reason it develops is because the chicken puts his arse on it and keeps it warm, like an incubator. With my grown-up terminology. <laughs> so here's one for you: if you want to try and you know get your own pet for free, grab one yeah. of your eggs and heat it up, <laughs> not to the point that it gets scrambled, but you know, make a little oh. nest. Yeah. Yeah. Let's end with that instead of these horrible. Stories. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Chickens all round. Oh, what was our um, our listener question, Leslie? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's a suggestion for what we can talk about next week. Okay. So it's oh, nice. I like that. One of our listeners who is called Andy McEwen, and he's a regular listener. So shout oh, out to yeah. him. He hey. has. He says he sent me a tweet saying you should do a show on myths about sex. Could do oh. ones that teens believed, but more like the Victorians, Greeks, Africans, etc. I did hear in Victorian times it was important not to conceive on the set of a stairs as a <laughs> child would have a crooked back somehow. My mum actually got knocked off of me on the stairs. And I do know that. I, 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 I feel like that's not something I you mean, should know. Yeah, well, it's myths like sex myths, basically, which I think is going to be quite an interesting topic. Yes. And he also said, he said, laugh out loud, bet Mark is like, what the fuck, that Andy guy is sexually repressing. I don't think you'd think that. (laughs) (laughs) Mark is like, definitely, I think he's sexually repressed. Like, Yaz is fine. (laughs) Yeah, I'm clearly like a deviant, so it's fine. (laughs) So are you happy to, you know, like grant that request next week i would like, gladly grant the wish of talking about sex i mean it's one of my specialized topics i did write a whole dissertation on it in art school and got an a with distinction so i should be an expert on it yeah i also like people making suggestions yeah love it keep it coming well it's been a little bit longer than usual this podcast but i think it needed to be and it was good fun recording um apart from all the horrific stuff that yasmin just said there <laughs> I'm going to raise awareness to the world that they stop this brutality. Yeah, but they won't because that to them is their culture, isn't it? Mind you, we used to throw donkeys from towers and we don't do that anymore. Just the three of us after school. (laughs) (laughs) From all the towers that we've been to as well. (laughs) I remember Mr. Randall pulled us into his office and said, guys, I like yous, but please stop throwing donkeys out in towers. But we wouldn't let them. I remember this vividly. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, I'm going to, as we always end our podcast now, I'm going to go and make um, some pasta because it's pretty much all I can eat right now because I don't really have a lot of food in. Put any chicken in it? No, chorizo, which is basically mashed up, dried up meats that I don't really know where it's from. Probably pigs or something. Pig meat. Uh, Let's just all go have vegetarian meals today. <sighs> I've already had my vegetarian dinner, so I'm going to go. Yesterday I had a vegetarian dinner. It wasn't exactly healthy, though. I had party foods, a selection of party foods <laughs> that you would have for a buffet at Christmas. Mozzarella <laughs> 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 sticks. I had mm-hmm. a selection of Indian snacks, all vegetarian, you know, like onion badges and that, and uh, samosas. And then I had... Yeah. Oh, no, wait, it wasn't entirely vegetarian because I did have a scotch egg amongst that. 
which is wrapped in meat. Yeah. Yeah. Got egg. That sounded like a lovely meal. It was nice. Mm, sounds good. Anyways. <laughs> okay, well, thanks very much for joining us this podcast. And as always, I'm just going to say bye. Bye, love. Bye, Yaz. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Crystal. Mess.